The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and we're glad you're all out there listening today. We're glad to have you along with us for this great program. Our topic today is, if it's not in my day, it's not in my life, and we're going to be talking about how we put feet on our recovery and get past the talk, talk, talk stage and uh, really do some things for our recovery, and my guest is the author Arthur Messenger. We'll be talking with Arthur today about uh, his book, Living the 12 Steps of Recovery, and uh, about how he works these steps and how he puts feet on all that he does, how we make it real in our lives. So we want you to know also that we uh, would love for you to give us a call today during our program. You can call us at 888-558-6489 or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we are going to be giving away today a free copy of Arthur's book, Living the 12 Steps of Recovery, One Day at a Time. And Arthur has inscribed his book with a constructive, positive message in his autograph. So we know that you'll be interested in calling in, and uh, we'll put your name in the drawing to win that book. It's great to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery on Unity Online Radio, unity.fm. And uh, we're really glad to know that we're touching your hearts. It's great to hear from you, getting your emails and seeing your posts on Facebook. We're just uh, so glad to know that what we're doing is getting you thinking and that it's opening you up to new possibilities in your recovery. Every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community and our guests are people who are down to earth, who are knowledgeable and innovative, people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people and uh, we're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. We want you to know also that Unity FM is always finding new ways to make our programming accessible to you and so that you can now listen to Spirit of Recovery and any of our Unity FM programs on your mobile listening device. So you can uh, do that and makes it our programs more available to you. Also, you can download our archives. We've got a great year's worth of archives from Spirit of Recovery. And you can go to the Unity .fm website and find Spirit of Recovery and listen anytime to our archived programs as well as visit us on Facebook. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place and if you are a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you are a family member in your own recovery as a family member or if you're a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, um, whether or not they're in recovery or if you're simply interested or curious about the process of recovery, we welcome you here on uh, Spirit of Recovery and we welcome your participation, your questions uh, for my guests. So uh, you can give us a call or send us an email. And the, send us an email anytime during the show and give us a call during the second and third segments. We'd love to hear from you. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and an addictions counselor. 
I'm also a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And uh, for 30 years, I've been working on active a path of personal growth and spiritual development and recovery. And uh, I integrate the unity principles and the recovery principles. And that walk transforms my life and keeps me growing. I'm very grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to also hear from you and what you're experiencing. Again, know that today we are going to have a drawing and give away my guest's book, Living the 12 Steps of Recovery One Day at a Time. It's a very interesting book. He has based it on the 12 Steps and the 12 Traditions, and we're going to hear more about his uh, journey today and how he came to write this book and what's in it and why it's uh, a value and how it speaks to us. It's also got beautiful uh, illustrations in it that are just incredible of people, real people, um, and uh, it's, it's just a beautiful book. So again, our topic today is If It's Not In My Day, It's Not In My Life, and my guest is Arthur Messenger. Arthur is a, an, uh, a re- an author, obviously. He has um, been working principles of recovery in his own life. The name Arthur Messenger is a pseudonym, and he uses that to write his books and to put the information out there that he wants to share. And um, he resides in the Pacific Northwest. He has studied public relations and advertising, and he has written many essays and given interviews. He's written poetry, and he's also written an award-winning play, The Insurrection Aboard United Airlines Flight 93-9101. He has a website. You can visit uh, his website and his blog at www.living12stepsrecovery, and that's 12stepsspelledout.com, and you can see his blog. So, Arthur, welcome. We're glad that you're with us today. Thanks for joining us on The Spirit of Recovery. Anna, good afternoon, and thank you for having me as a guest on the show. I feel blessed. Well, we're glad you're here. And I know, uh, Arthur, that you... uh, have been working on your book for a while, and it's really, I think, in in a lot of ways, an expression of recovery, how you see the recovery journey. What got you interested in writing a book about the 12 steps? Well, Anna, to begin with, uh, I had gone to the Sundown NM Treatment Center in, in Sela, Washington, uh, in 2001, and, and that was my first introduction to the big book and the 12 steps and traditions. And it was at that point that I decided that I really wanted to become familiar with the myriad of literature that is available uh, from AAWS. So I got into it and read every single book that I could find. And I wanted to work the steps. Um, I, although I had a sponsor, he wasn't the kind that did anything more than kind of casually said, yes, well, that sounds good. And uh, during my uh, treatment center experience, we worked the first step, uh, six steps while we were in there. And then I pretty much finished them off by myself well, with some guidance from my sponsor. So it was at that point that I decided, you know, um, the big book and the 12 by 12 are written in a particular format. And what I wanted to do was to see if I couldn't do what I would call a classical revival of the 12 steps and traditions, but to do them in a daily reading format that could be ingested by anybody who was just entering recovery all the way up to people like yourself that have 20 or 30 years. As a result of that, I started out to... uh, uh, write it in uh, 2003, and I spent six years in the process studying, collating the information, outlining it, and, and putting it into um, essay or affirmation form. And I had uh, the help of probably six or seven people that were in the fellowship that were literature instructors uh, who acted as my uh, interim editors, and and I had several rewrites in the process of doing that, but there were already, as as you probably know, and the listeners do too, there were already existing books out there that took um, at least an approach to the 12 Steps and Traditions, and uh, um, I, I needn't go through the names. I'm sure many people are familiar with them, but what I wanted to do was to put it into a comprehensible basis that could be uh, ingested in about a minute or two each day, and that's why I chose the form that I did. Um, the book is written using a classical sonata form, Introduction, 
expansion and recapitulation. Or in broadcast news language, we say, tell them, tell them you told them, and tell them again. Uh, as an addiction counselor, maybe you would agree, on it's all about change. And, and people with addictions cringe at the sound of that word. But psychology uses kind of like a six-stage model for change. And our program counts on repetition for comprehension and understanding to occur. Uh, these are the stages that I believe represent the process of change. An attitude of readiness, uh, affirmation, we state our intention, action and repetition. And I summarize it this way. We, what we read and hear, we practice what we practice, we learn. What we learn, we come to believe. And what we believe, we can become. So bearing all those things in mind, I decided the best way to get a reaction on my manuscript was submit, to submit it to um, Hazelden Press and AAWS in New York, which I did. Uh, the response from Hazelden was really quite favorable, and uh, they took the book under consideration um, in its first form, and, and they reviewed it uh, all the way to the process of acceptance for contract and then decided at that point that they did not have a position in their library that they wanted to fill with it. Um, AA never accepts individual manuscripts, but mostly my purpose in, in uh, contacting them was to at least give them a heads up of what I was doing and making sure that the fellowship didn't have any objection to what I was doing. They wrote me a letter to that effect. So there I was, I, I, you know, had done all of this, and actually what's kind of interesting is I don't know how many of the listeners are familiar with web TV, but uh, it's kind of like a little internet search program that you can plug into your television set, and that's all I had at the time. I didn't have a computer, so when I originally wrote the book, the essays that uh, I started with were written on web TV, and I wrote them as emails to myself and then saved them. Hmm. It was, it was from there that uh, I, I got a computer, I put it into a word processing format, and I submitted it to other editors to uh, make sure that, you know, I had a viable product. Uh, uh, the first lesson that I learned as a writer was that, you know, people don't always um, comprehend things the way that you write them. And, and that communication was so vital uh, that it, it caused, that was the six-year period is that I decided that I needed several rewrites to make it truly comprehensible. And uh, as a result of that, there was a lot of editing that went on and advice from people both in the fellowship and a, and a very dear friend who has had 16 or 18 articles um, uh, written for the Grapevine in New York and and also has several books herself. And it was at that point that I decided that uh, I was ready to go uh, about a year or so ago. And I'm, and not having uh, any contract and not wishing to pursue the, the publishing uh, um, process in terms of getting my book ready, I, I decided to self-publish it. And that was a whole experience unto itself, um, I, I found a printer and uh, uh, going through the ins and outs of uh, establishing a copyright and all of the associated uh, um, processes that need to occur in order to prepare your book for uh, marketing and, and getting it printed, uh, that in itself was almost as uh, difficult a process as writing the book. But um, I persevered, and, uh, and so uh, it was in uh, October of last year that I stood out um, in my garage and my book arrived. Mm-hmm. And um, I ha- I, uh, actually, some spiritual events happened along the way. I met Jessica, who is the uh, illustrator uh, of my book, and uh, I was a little concerned about the fact that uh, uh, that AAWS might have the opinion that uh, the portrayal of people would not be in keeping with the spirit of anonymity, and we sorted that out, and, uh, and, and she has been able to, I think, accurately portray people's expression as they contemplate the steps and traditions that the reader is about to go to. Uh, I wish that the, uh, all the listeners could see the illustrations, but um, you have, and, and I know that um, you've developed a, an appreciation for them. Yes, they're beautiful. You know, Arthur, I'm uh, I'm just excited here as I hear you talking because I know what I'm hearing you saying is that you've grown through this process, and and as you said, change is really what recovery is is about. What's a way that your recovery has been uh, enhanced by this process you've been through of creating this book? 
the practice of the steps in my daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know what uh, the steps are, but here's a brief description of them and, and what I see today as their function, at least from my own perspective. Um, I would like to uh, preface that with the fact that uh, I speak only for myself, and there are 2 million people worldwide in the AA 12-step fellowship, and not to include uh, those that are in NA, um, uh, overeating and eating disorders, gambling, sex, and other behavioral anomalies like uh, codependency, to name but some. And and I want to make sure that everybody understands that, you know, I speak only for myself and not as a spokesman for any one particular fellowship. But the steps, uh, it's important, I think, to go through them and then, and then to, um, uh, if I can, fill you in on how it is that they work for me. Um, without just reading them per se, uh, you know, I say that uh, step one is a, is a matter of admission and actualization. Step two is a restoration from insanity, or as I sometimes call it, being stark raving sober. And uh, step three is about faith and release of willpower to the benevolent powers of the universe. Step four is our moral inventory. Step five, confession. Step six, readiness. And step seven, asking for help. Step eight, a list of persons done harm to. Step nine, amends and restitution. Ten, continued inventory. Eleven, prayer and meditation. And twelve, the practice of these principles in our daily lives and carrying the message. Uh, those are my own particular words that I use to uh, uh, summarize them. Everybody has the basic references available to them uh, to go ahead and, and uh, um, you know, look at them in the, in their original context. But... Um, how would I apply them in my daily life for my primary purpose, uh, which is to seek spiritual and emotional balance? And, and so there are some that really are uh, what I would call the daily practice steps, and uh, they are 2, 3, 7, 10, 11, and 12, which sounds like a lock combination, but isn't, and it isn't a lottery ticket number either, but the way that, that I work them. So uh, I would like to take a moment with you and your listeners and talk very briefly about them. Step two um, is uh, a restoration from insanity. Uh, Although the actual text of the step is um, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, um, not too many of us like to admit that uh, probably a part of our addiction was that we we became a little bit um, mentally imbalanced. I know that, that, that I finally came to realize that my head was just not what I thought it was. And it took some years for me to realize that um, alcoholism and addiction were just only a part of my problem. That uh, You know, insanity comes in levels, like a cold or pneumonia, and we're all a little insane, And, and but there is help and hope, and that's what the step uh, uh, portrays to me. So I have to accept the fact that, you know, at times um, um, I experience mental imbalance, you know. I'm not sure of what it is that I'm feeling or why I'm feeling that way, and I'm not thinking clear. And step two tells me that there is a power that can help me to overcome that. Step three is about faith and release. You know, we make the decision to practice faith and to keep it, especially in times of doubt. Life brings us burdens um, we sometimes cannot bear. So we trust the benevolent powers of the universe uh, with our will. And given our patience, it, it shows us a path uh, through our struggles and our trials. Um, in step four, which is our moral inventory, it's a template for self-examination, um, that we use again in our daily inventory in, in step 10. Um, and okay, in, Arthur, in we're going to have a take. We're going to take a short break right now. It's time for a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll hear some more about what Arthur has to say about practicing these steps. And we'll start with the Serenity Minute. Stay with us. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support.
from on the air to on the sea. Pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Jesus taught us that it is our divine creator's great pleasure to give us the kingdom of limitless good. We are all heirs to incredible abundance, and yet many people right now are stuck and struggling in a place of lack. How do we walk the walk and experience vibrant health, profound love, limitless wealth, and overflowing joy in the midst of a world consciousness of lack and separation? Each week, you will learn powerful and practical tools to experience greater abundance in every area of your life. Hear from experts and visionaries that are living examples of sacred abundance and have your questions about prosperity answered from a spiritual perspective. Join Reverend Robin Ryder live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Sacred Abundance, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is, If It's Not In My Day, It's Not In My Life. And my guest is Arthur Messenger. Arthur is an author of uh, Living the Twelve Steps of Recovery, One Day at a Time. He's also the author of numerous essays and uh, poetry and an award-winning play, The Insurrection Aboard United Airlines Flight 93. And... uh, Arthur certainly practices these 12 steps himself, uh, and he uh, has a lot to share with us about how it works, how recovery is about doing new things. It's about change, and it's about practicing that change on a daily basis. Um, Arthur's uh, website is www.living12stepsrecovery.com, and you can see his blog there, and Arthur has a lot to share with us. But before we start back with our conversation, let's take a moment in the Serenity Minute. I invite you to join me on focusing on a constructive idea as we relax and allow our minds to rest, to be open to our higher power, and to be refreshed. And our idea for today is... Each moment, I put my serenity first. Each moment, I put my serenity first. And we allow ourselves to be refreshed by that idea, to have our hearts and our minds open and touched. And I trust that you have been refreshed and that you felt that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand that higher power. And so now we're back to our topic, if it's not in my day, it's not in my life, with my guest, Arthur Messenger. And this is a great time to give us a call with a comment or a question. And our number is 888-558-6489. Or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get those emails during the program Um, In addition to a comment or a question, we are going to be uh, giving away a copy of Arthur's book, Living the Twelve Steps of Recovery One Day at a Time, and uh, we'd love to put your name in the drawing 
for that book. So, Arthur, uh, before our break there, we were talking about a little bit about uh, the, how just writing the book has affected you, and you said that it's, it's helped you to put the, the steps into practice in your life. And I, I know that when, <clears throat> when I strike out on some new venture, I'm willing to be creative and willing to put myself out there. I grow in my own spiritual walk. And so I'm just curious if you'd share with us how have you grown just from the process of being willing to, to take on this creative project? Oh, no, it's certainly increased my tenacity. I, I have, uh, um, through the help of uh, the benevolent powers of the universe, uh, um, developed a, a, a strength, you know, I... Uh, in, in, in contemplation using the third step, you know, and, uh, turning my will and my life over uh, to the care of God, uh, that is something that I've had to do many, many times over the course of this book, not having answers as to how I might come up with the money or how I might make this happen or how I would deal with the development and the process of it uh, through, through the negotiations. Um, all of it was a case in which I had to realize that if I am patient, and if I am tolerant, answers will come my way. And before that, and prior to my immersement in, in living in the 12-step fellowship program, I think that the, my attitude was that um, I will control whatever needs to be done, and if I don't, that nobody else will. But what I didn't realize is that there is an ambient force in the universe that has my uh, good, good uh, care in mind. And that if I simply allow it to work in my life, that it would do so. Uh, do you have that kind of experience yourself? Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like that's that you really developed a sense of trust that uh, has been important for you. I think that it has, and I've also realized that I am just a man, you know, living a 12-step life, and that I cannot place unrealistic expectations on myself or the world. If, I'm, if I were to impart anything over the course of uh, our interview in terms of what I have learned to practice, it's uh, aspiring towards the uh, virtues of patience and tolerance, uh, both of which I would humbly call my shortcomings, but, um, you know, I've, I've made a lot of progress, uh, and I have grown immensely as a result of this uh, book writing experience. Um, I've done things that I just didn't think that I could do. I mean, here I am. I, just the other day, I sent off books to Sussex, England. I have an audience in Canada, South Africa, Australia, 21 American states. You know, there have been um, almost a 1,000 books sold, and it just... I did it all, you know, and, and I did it all with the help of the benevolent powers of the universe, and, and um, we should call that God. Um, many recognize it uh, uh, that way, but um, in a previous conversation that you and I had um, over email, I said, you know, uh, one of the things that I recognize is that God is all things to all people, and God is uh, inclusive instead of being exclusive. So, uh, that's one of the things that I love about the 12-step uh, program, too, as well, is, is that it allows, a, a, um, a, in your words, big tent approach. Uh, you know, we, we, we welcome everybody on their own terms and, and under their own understanding. Right. I, that's, that's powerful. Go ahead. I've had um, other experiences, uh, you know, but but once again, it's a, it's the virtues of patience and tolerance. But um, I have learned as a result of the steps, especially step ten, uh, how to restrain myself. Um, I the process of taking a continual inventory is something that prior to being involved in the twelve step fellowship, I never did before. I never, at the beginning of each day, uh, you know, decided, uh, uh, you know, uh, how it was that I was going to use the steps, which are like a halo of help that are above me. I mean, I can, I can always pick one that has an application to me in any kind of situation that I am in. Uh, and, and that's what they have done for me. And in step 10, you know, learning to realize that the, the first thing that I have to do when I come into a controversial or exciting situation is to calm myself. 
and I, I, I never really seriously contemplated meditation or prayer. I, my whole concept of prayer was based upon my uh, experience as a Catholic. And that meant that, you know, I recited prayers that they taught me out of the catechism. We ne- never really had um, an instruction as to having your own dialogue with God, uh, both listening and, and uh, speaking. And as a result of that, uh, you know, that all changed with me when, when I really came to understand step 11, you know, to, to improve my conscious contact, I had to, I got to design my own form of prayer. And it goes like this. When I pray, I do a great deal more than just a pleading and a, a proceeding, a asking for something. My prayer starts out with praise and recognition of the, of, of the benevolent powers of the universe, which many call God, and I respect and recognize in my own way. And when I am through recognizing and praising, I realize that or affirm that I am loved and that, you know, that, that I also uh, love those powers as well. And I think that each time that I do that, it sets it more into me spiritually. And then after I am through with that, I am thankful for the things that I have received and affirm those that I will. I remember the other day listening to one of your programs, and uh, I think that your spiritual message was, um, we affirm that we will get what we deserve, or words to that effect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that has just occupied a, uh, a little spot in my memory now, because I, I'm sure that there are many people besides myself in recovery who have gone through a transition of a time in which they thought, well, I don't get anything because I just don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, in, in my form of prayer, I, I, I thank those powers for what I have received and also for what I know that I will. There are gifts that I will receive if I simply open up my heart and spirit to them. And then when I am through with that, I ask that um, uh, I try to remember those people that I love, those people that have gone on before me that I love, and also those people that I don't care for. We could use stronger words, but why bother? You know, and, and I think that there is, uh, there's meritorious uh, um, uh, result in that. And, and that's the way that I pray. Um, it is not to say that I don't use uh, prayers like the 10th step prayer um, of St. Francis. Uh, it is not to say that uh, I don't recognize the Our Father as the, the, the method by which we learn to pray and to say it myself. But this is my own methodology. And, and then at the end of the day, I take my inventory again. You know, what has been good about my day? What is it that I could have done differently? I never did that before. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I just passed out, you know. But uh, I never thought about those things because I never really considered opening my mind up to it. And the 12-step fellowship has done all of these things for me. A meditation. Uh, just a simple act of, of breath meditation, concentrating on my breath and nothing else, and using that as a, a platform to build uh, further meditation. Uh, I talk in my book about four or five different forms of meditation, but that one is probably the most fundamental. And we can pray and meditate anywhere. You know, we don't need a church particularly. It's nice, but um, we don't we don't need a a meeting per se. Prayer can occur with us wherever it is that we are. And the same way with meditation as well. And these are all concepts, Anna, that I have gained as a result of studying and living the 12 steps of recovery. Yeah, it's a program of, of action. It's so powerful because what this, the program does is it says if you want your life to get different, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to do something different. And you're giving us some great examples of how you do that, and that's, it's making a real difference for you. I can hear that for sure. Thanks, I agree. Um, uh, you know, I, in, in Step 7, um, um, which is all about humility, uh, um, it, that's the avenue to true freedom of the human spirit. Uh, I learned that, the perspective that character building and spiritual values, you know, they have to come first. And the material values really are not the purpose for living. Uh, we make honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God the basis of daily living. It's a matter of... of Adopting an attitude of reliance versus defiance, and that would typically uh, um, portray my previous attitude is that there was no help, it was all up to me, that every day was a war, and that I was the warrior, and that's the way it was going to be. My attitude has completely changed. Uh, 
in the 10 years that I have been involved. And I started out, of course, like everybody else. You know, I, I went to meetings and I listened to what everybody had to say and I talked to people and I read the literature. But I, after a, a process of repetition, you know, uh, um, uh, I think, you know, what we practice, uh, what I said earlier, what we practice, we're reading here, we practice what we practice, we learn what we learn. Uh, you know, we come to believe in what we believe we become. That was, that was what happened for me. You know, I finally come to the point to where I recognize, you know, that I am a changed man. Uh, I think that uh, the process of journaling has helped me a great deal in that respect, too. But my journal is actually my book. Uh, what makes my book a little bit different than the other books that are out there, 24 Hours, et cetera, um, uh, the um, uh, daily uh, um, um, meditations book that um, uh, Hazelton has and also AA, is, is that I deal strictly with the concepts of the steps and the traditions as opposed to injecting my own personal feelings. Um, and that's why I say that it's a classical revival. I, I would like people to be able to do what, what I feel it has done for me. And in order to do that, I think that uh, what needs to be done is to repeat it day after day after day after day in a rotation. Of course, it's naturally set up so that it can be used um, it, with any uh, uh, particular step or, or tradition uh, as one needs it. But I think that just that minute or two a day uh, helps to reinforce those principles to the point to where, you know, after a while they become a default setting. And when that happens, that's when change really happens. And that's how it happened for me. Good point. Arthur, a lot of times people in recovery have a lot of fear to, to deal with or people get depressed. Sometimes depression, or a lot of times, frankly, depression is uh, a condition that accompanies uh, addiction. And even in recovery, people a lot of times have to wrestle with that depression. How do you use spiritual principles to deal with fear, um, depression, so, so forth? Well, and that is probably the strongest of the points that, that I would have uh, had you go to over the course of this interview. You know, Bill says in, in our literature that the chief activator of our defects has been self-centered fear. That primal fear that we would lose something we already had and we would fail to get something we demanded uh, or get caught at something uh, um, is, is, is the continual source of disturbance and frustration. And the way that I deal with it is with prayer and meditation. Prayer and meditation, to me, are the skill set that we use to fill the void that was, um, you know, previously occupied by our dependency on substances and, and behavioral addictions. And the more that one practices prayer and meditation, the more a spiritual consciousness arrives, the more that we arrive at what I consider to be the primary objective of the 12-step fellowship, and that's emotional and spiritual balance. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, so that's great. So it's like filling up that place where the fear or the depression would be, but really filling it up with that sense of, of benevolence or that sense of goodness or the higher power, God, whatever you'd want to call it. You know, the thing about fear, Anna, is that um, in my particular experience, I learned that I am almost like a fear addict. You know, it's like uh, I have this particular aspect of my person or my being that will, uh, by its previous default, go to a, a, a place of... Uh, um, a fear where I just assume that what is going to happen is going to be the bad thing. Uh, my my uh, uh, friend used to say to me, Jay's crystal ball, or I mean Arthur's crystal ball, uh, sees all, knows nothing. And uh, why I thought that that was particularly humorous is because I always had the tendency to project irrational fear. Uh, and, and when I came to the point to where I went, you know, how real is this? And am I blowing it out of proportion? Uh, and, and that's the inventory process that the steps brought me to use. I realized that much of what I feared wasn't real. And much of what I feared never came to pass. And that as a result of that, I had to confront the idea that, you know, I was, I was a fearful person probably out of an addictive pattern of doing it, and I had to replace it with something. And that's where, once again, fear and, and or I mean, excuse me, um, prayer and meditation came into play. 
thank you, Arthur. It's time for our break again. You're really giving us a lot of good ideas about how to put these steps into practice in our day. Again, we're giving away Arthur's book, so we are, would love to have an email or a phone call from you. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about the soul of money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Join author Lynn Twist for The Blessing of the Financial Crisis. You'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section. taught us that it is our divine creator's great pleasure to give us the kingdom of limitless good we are all heirs to incredible abundance and yet many people right now are stuck and struggling in a place of lack how do we walk the walk and experience vibrant health profound love limitless wealth and overflowing joy in the midst of a world consciousness of lack and separation each week you will learn powerful and practical tools to experience greater abundance in every area of your life Hear from experts and visionaries that are living examples of sacred abundance and have your questions about prosperity answered from a spiritual perspective. Join Reverend Robin Ryder live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Sacred Abundance, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is, If It's Not in My Day, It's Not in My Life. And my guest is Arthur Messenger. Arthur is the author of the book, Living the Twelve Steps of Recovery, One Day at a Time. It's a wonderful book of daily meditations that's based on the 12 steps that really uh, helps the folks reading it to put the steps into practice, to put those steps in an action-oriented way in their day, every in their life, every day, and so Arthur is sharing with us how that works for him and what he has uh, learned by being willing to put himself out there creatively and uh, express how these steps are working in his life. We are giving away a free copy of that book, and you can call us at 888-558-6489 with a comment or a question and to get your name in the drawing for the book, or you can send an email at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm, and we do get those during the show. We'd love to hear from you and to put your name in the drawing for the book. So, Arthur, I know that one thing that's uh, Im- important to you is that uh, to understand this disease of addiction as a progressive disease, and that that's understanding that is part of the way of, of being able to interrupt it and be able to live a life of recovery. So could you share with us a little bit about how that perspective of, of addiction as progressive and what recovery really means in, in light of that? Tell us about that. On a, I've been witness to a, a number of people that have relapsed in both uh, alcohol and, and drug abuse. And one of the things that I commonly hear is that once they fall off the wagon, they had no idea how difficult it would be to get back on again. And I think that is because of what I like to call the progressive nature of the disease. 
I think that the disease is such that people think that when they have stopped abusing drugs and alcohol, that what happens is that they have a period of, where, of time in which their allergic cravings become less and less as a result of their abstinence. When we find in actuality, that's the farthest thing from the truth. It's a progressive disease. In other words, in spite of the fact that we have abstained, uh, that we have been clean and sober, our disease continues in terms of its amplification of the f- sensation of cravings. And one thing that I have heard from people is, is that once they start, they just they, they cannot stop. It, it just is something that they absolutely uh, cannot control at all, and that their uh, sensitivity is such that it, it rapidly takes them down the ladder. I have heard people in meetings and, uh, say that when you see someone who has been clean and sober for 10 or 15 years uh, abuse again, it's almost like a flower that just wilts from the heat on the vine. It's like overnight you can tell. I have an experience like that myself recently working with someone else. Um, have you seen that sort of thing uh, uh, in your practice, Anna? Yes, that's true because it has a physiological basis. Yes, that is accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's important to really practice, practice recovery. And, and if you do relapse, I mean, you can, of course, come back into recovery. And it's, it's not so easy, as you have said. So it's good to to keep practicing the steps and do what's going to help you recover. Well, and uh, I think also very, very important to realize that when one relapses, uh, it's not just like it's going to be a busman's holiday. You know, it's not like you can run out and just have, uh, uh, you know, a bowl or a drink or, or whatever it is that it is that you do or even behavioral addictions, go to the casino or have a, eat a whole cake or whatever, um, it's it's going to, without a doubt, be worse than what it was to begin with. And I think that when people realize that, I think that there are so many people out there that think, well, you know, it's been a long time. You know, I'm I've I've got I've built up a lot of strength, and there may be some truth to that. But what we do find out, and with the people that I've worked with, Anna, is is that they sincerely want to stop and get off the get on the wagon again, but they can't. Right, can't. Yeah. Well, uh, we won't say that they can't because that sounds final. Right, and they can. It's just not easy. Yeah. No, it's it's, and in fact, it's harder to get on the wagon than it is to fall. uh, I mean, it's it's harder to get back on the wagon than it is, I think, to get on it to begin with. Uh, Or at least that has been my experience. I wouldn't know. I've never had a relapse, and uh, I don't say that as a a moment of uh, you know I'm so proud of it. I, I I think it's my good fortune. And it has also been that point that I've realized, Donna, over and over again, that people need to understand that this is a progressive disease and that it's not going to be any easier, if not harder, when it is that they happen to um, fall off again. Good point. I know that certainly, as, as we're all well aware, that the spirituality and living that spirituality is, is the foundation of of recovery and growth, and you have a, a beautiful story about your spiritual awakening that happened to you during Christmas in early sobriety. Would you tell us a bit about that story, how that happened for I'd you? I'd absolutely love to. Uh, it's on my website for anybody who wants to read the entire text, and uh, it was written for a regional magazine um, uh, here in the Pacific Northwest where I live, and it's called uh, The Ghost of Christmas Present. When I got out of treatment in 2001... Uh, I w- was very, very ill. I had either picked up a virus or maybe it had been the cumulative effect of, uh, uh, you know, 20 or 30 years of alcoholism and drug addiction. But, you know, I, I had a, a respiratory illness that just would not go away. And I kept working on it, but, I, you know, I would go to meetings and I'd have to talk like this. I'd, <laughs> my voice was completely gone. When I, uh, uh, it came to Christmas and the holidays, I just thought, well, you know, this is horrible. The only way I can get through it is to work at what we call our local Alcathon. Mm-hmm. And so it was that I went down there. Now, I had decided that, um, that God had brought me the, a wonderful woman in recovery. 
<laughs> trying to second guess the powers of the universe. I um, uh, met a woman uh, who had uh, four years in sobriety, and she came out to visit me, and uh, then the whole thing went down the chute, and I was completely distraught over that, and uh, long-distance relationships are tough anyway, but the long and short of it is is that I was working in the kitchen at uh, the Alcathon, and a guy walked in, uh, and he said that he was a truck driver from California, and um, um his name was, um, it escapes me at the moment, but uh, I'm going to say uh, Roberto for lack of uh, remembering what it is. But in any case, we got to talk about recovery and relationships, and uh, he showed me an example of uh, how his sponsor had taught him patience by taking an old coin that had been oxidized and applying a pencil to it and very slowly bringing it up to where it was shiny again. And throughout his conversation, uh, uh, he was always pointing whenever he would refer to his higher power up in the air. And he had a, an, an infectious smile. And I thought that I, I just thought, gosh, you know, he looks so familiar. I just not, cannot place uh, who it was. And then I got to talking to him about my situation. And he was so kind and so understanding, had probably maybe 10 years or so, that, you know, I just kind of broke down and I cried. And uh, he held me and he said, look, you know, everything is going to be okay, you know, just trust in God, that will be fine, and uh, he walked out into the regular area, I got busy for a second, I came back out, and uh, he was gone, and I said, has anybody seen this guy, and, and they said, no, 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 we haven't, and he supposedly had his truck parked outside, so I thought, I'll run out there, and I will see uh, if I can't talk to him one more time, went out there, he was not there, nobody ever saw him, nobody knew about it. And when I got to realize what the uh, uh, resemblance was, I had a poster on my wall in college, and it was called The Laughing Christ. Mm-hmm. And to this day, it still gives me shivers, uh, the resemblance. Now, that may have been just a, a, a personal miracle, you know, that happened, but uh, that, that was uh, enough strength to carry me through my emotional trauma of the uh, relationship, uh, for me to continue my sobriety and to get over my uh, uh, physical uh, disability from the really bad respiratory infection. And um, uh, still to this day, whether in fact it was what I might suspect it was or or just uh, that it worked for me, um, that's what I call my miracle. I love it. Thank you. That's, you've given us a, a beautiful... Uh feeling of love and care and like your higher power was really reaching out and touching you in a way that you could you could receive it thank you for telling us that we have just a few minutes left arthur so uh if you could read a few excerpts from the things that you've written in your book we'd love to hear that we don't have too long just a couple minutes but we'd love to hear a few snippets the first um, um, essay that I would like to read is from Step 2 for February 8th. It's called Faith by Intuition. Intuition is our untaught knowledge. Though not infallible, it is our direct spiritual perception. Some call it the unspoken language of true feelings. Our moral values and duties can be discerned through it, and perhaps so can faith. It does not seem to be attainable through normal rational thought or the logic of deduction. The essence of spirituality comes from our intangible selves, not in our physical nature or its five senses. Our conscious thoughts and emotions can originate or be influenced by our spirits, a different part of our persona that is beyond the natural mind. In an instant of comprehension of the true nature of things, our spiritual selves may find their higher power intuitively. Most of us regard and call it God. It is many things of many forms to many people. We have come to know God as our good and orderly direction, our ultimate authority, and the force within all creation. God is the source of all love and benevolence. All that is good is the work of a creative source we know as God. We find this intuitive insight where it rests in our hearts. It is there as well that we find the power to trust in the surety that as we come to believe, we will find faith and wisdom. Arthur, thank you very much. 
We appreciate you being here today. You have uh, expanded our understanding of how to live these steps, and we are blessed by your uh, growth in in expressing your creative nature and, and getting out there and doing this. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you, Anna. You and everybody in the listening audience, and I hope that you'll all be blessed as well. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. We're glad that you're listening and know that uh, you're in my thoughts and prayers, and I see your lives expressing the fullness of recovery. Join us next week for Spirit of Recovery, and have a great Thanksgiving. God bless. There is There is quiet. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more tan. 
Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.